4: Well, that's one way of certainly ruining your weekend, isn't it? Merseyside Derby, you knew it was going to be frustrating. You knew it was going to be aggravating. Little did I know a lot of it will be of our own doing. Goalless it finished that Goodison Park or Woodison Park, which is quite fitting because the amount of times, you know, we kind of hit the woodwork, but that's another story for another day. Um, plenty to talk about, plenty to get off our chest. And I've got two, two incredible guests joining me on this podcast who are going to help me and we've got some callers as well so first up let me introduce my guests first up I am delighted to be bo- joined by Shri. Sri welcome back
5: yes Nina second time it's it's that season Nina drows drows
4: I say. know I know I know I was thinking that I was actually thinking that when Roberta Firmino came into a bit of form I was thinking of you again Shri. thinking ah he you know when you know it's her man of the match. It's nailed on. But Sri, it's good to have you back. We're going to talk about the game and such things. Um, joining Shree on the podcast, um, making his deep debut on this season's Nina Carls Show it was a familiar voice. Um, last season, it certainly had a lot of joy on the on the late kickoffs. It is Carl. Carl, welcome back.
1: Thanks for having me back, Nina. Maybe the the early kickoff sound for me, uh, based on this one.
4: <laughs> you know what, I'm not a superstitious person, but you know what, let us um, let me just kind of get what you're feeling after that. I mean, like, what are your initial thoughts and takeaways? Because, like, obviously that game has probably left a lot of people feeling some type of way, a lot of questions, a lot of um, frustration, and then obviously we'll get to our first caller. Um, Carl, I'll, I'll come to you first. I mean...
1: Uh, How do you feel? Frustrated and and disappointed really sums it up I mean, Mm. it was nice to see Klopp experiment somewhat and and I think we saw it at multiple stages in that match but you know, I'm just not sure it quite paid off uh, based on not just the results but how things panned out on, on the pitch and it really feels like we're still just trying to find ourselves this season and six games in, that's that's not ideal you know you you expect to have gotten going at this point
4: you certainly do you certainly do when you know it's quite troublesome that we're actually kind of finding ourselves when you know teams have already pretty much found themselves and um, are are doing pretty well and uh, yeah not not ideal if you want to be a title challenging side um yeah um i was very frustrated and obviously we'll talk about the team lineup in a minute but three um what are your like um uh, you know your, your impressions after that game
5: so Nina, it's it's uh, it's almost like what we spoke about Fulham. Like I seriously cannot make out what we are trying to do, uh, and this uh, I'm still assimilating this plan where uh, you have a serial golden good winner and you try your level best not to involve him in the game. It's like he's. I don't want to go into tactics solely, but it doesn't make any sense at all. And it's, it's not a one-off. It's it's clearly the way we are playing, and I can't put my head around this.
4: Yeah. No, I completely get it. So, you know what, let's go to our first caller um, and then obviously we'll, we'll talk about the game and the tactics and just kind of, um. yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get on with that. First up, I have Kieran, familiar voice on the Nina Couser show. Uh, welcome back, Kieran.
0: Thank you very much. Oh, can you hear me?
4: Yeah, I can hear you. Sorry, I was having some mic issues there. Yep, I can hear you fine. All right, okay.
0: Um, I just thought it was uh a, a very frustrating afternoon, really. Um There's just not a lot to say about the game, you know, apart from constantly having the woodwork and uh Pickford turning on the uh prime leviation and stuff like that. Um just uh, it's just another just one of them good as some derbies where it's just scrappy, scruffy and just very dull and not how much happened. And, you know, obviously that's now uh, nine points dropped already this season. And it's a wee bit of a concern. Um, and I think right now we've got one or two issues and right, I think they, we need to get it sorted out very quickly.
4: I think I think you've made some really good points there, and you know, really hit the nail on the head. And we'll definitely be discussing, you know, some of those issues. And um, of course, you know, the the, the poor start. But, Karen, um yeah, uh, anything else you'd like to add before we let you go?
0: Um, no, not really, to be honest. I mean, it's just not really much to talk about from today, really. It was just a, just disappointing, really. Yeah. Um, and it's just just a wee bit of a worry at the moment with the reds you know we've just not really started games well we've been playing a bit poorly but you know you just hope that that is rectified very soon and once we get uh one or two players back then maybe then that we might be in better nick no uh
4: thank you so much Kevin. and um, my uh, pleasure thank you no it's great having Kevin on and um uh Anyone that did listen to the post-match show against Newcastle um, it was uh, full of beans, really sparky, and you know, full of full of happiness against Bournemouth as well. But obviously, um, I think we've um, you know been bought down a peg or two with this uh, result and performance. Um, uh, I am going to talk to Shree now. Uh, Shri, um, let's talk about the lineup. Carl uh, alluded to it, and I think we all saw it. A very, very different kind of starting lineup. Club kind of decided to mix things up. Um, I think injuries, certainly to the captain, maybe forced his hand as well. Um, what did you make of of the starting lineup? Also, bearing in mind that their Champions League football starts and uh, it's a it's a trip away to Napoli, so you know all those things were probably factoring into club's decision making. But what did you make of the starting lineup?
5: I mean, if we if we always say right when we discuss lineups. So... A lineup what we want, but we also add an addendum saying, but we know what Klopp is going to do eventually. For a change, we literally got the lineup. I would say what ninety percent of us wanted. Like to the eleven, we almost got everyone who we thought should start, or at least the fans felt should start. Start. So I, I don't think in terms of personal people who were in form were put in. Known as obviously came in. Obviously, it's just a suspension. Maybe not match fit, but otherwise. We literally got the 11, we need a Robo. It's uh, I, I don't want to go into the debate of drop versus rested, but it's quite clear uh, Robo shouldn't have started. So, he didn't start. I think from a 11 point of view, considering the form and also taking off the momentum from the previous game, from a personal point of view, I think this is the best we could have got, literally. It's
4: quite concerning considering, you know, you know, yeah, but- talking about...
5: But but it's one one of the other things is it's now many games many personal it's quite clear it's not a person I know the degree of difficulties could depend on who is playing but the problems are same irrespective of who is playing.
4: Yeah, no, we'll definitely be getting into into that as well. And um, Carl, I'll I'll come to you because obviously um, you you I want to get your thoughts on the team lineup. For me as well, I guess you've got to pick the positives. I, I was quite impressed to see a lot of, um, you know, more, more senior players on that bench. You know, the usual starters, like it was nice to see Jota's name back on there. Um, for me personally, um, uh, you know, of course, the new, um, uh, the new, the new, uh, transfer loanee signing, uh, Artur Melo was on, on the bench as well. Obviously Matip and, and players like that. But what, what did you, and Firmino as well was on the bench. Uh, what did you make of, uh, the, the, the
1: change? Yeah, so c- certainly we knew there was going to be changes. I mean, to, to begin with, there had to be, given that Henderson got injured. But uh, I think people thought Klopp would play it more safe and go with Fab Milner plus one other in midfield. So I think people were pleasantly surprised to, to see him go with the two young lads. And you can't argue with it too much, given how they, they pretty much bailed us out against Newcastle. Um, but, personally I you know while I was excited I also had some concerns you know it, it, it drew me back to a, a game a couple of seasons ago where we went with Fabinho, Keita and Ox and, and people were elated but you know there was a lot of holes in midfield you know as you know Fabinho had a lot of work to do and there, there was the risk we were going to see that again. Um, It, it wasn't quite that but but certainly as as the game went on we we saw that it, it, it didn't quite work and, that, and that's no knock on the young lads but it, you know it's a, it's a tough game to kind of experiment in given we, we know what everton are going to do in midfield they're going to get after you 90 miles an hour they're going to make it hard for you they're not really going to let you settle and, and that's what we, we saw um as for the robo simicas i i tend to lean on the, the rest side of the, the debate. You know, I, I think Robbo wasn't great in the first couple of games, but I think he certainly improved in the, the past three games. Um, particularly, I thought he was one of the only players who was decent against United on what was a rotten night for us. Um, but obviously, you don't want to overload him. It's, it's unnecessary to do so when you have such a quality understudy in, in Symmacast. And I, I thought Symmacast came in and did quite well on the night, or on the morning, rather.
4: I think that's fair, and I like the fact that you kind of got your your times mixed up there as well. That just give me a little bit of a smile because you're so used to the late kickoffs. But right, before we get into the game, let me quickly go on to our second caller because I'm guessing you know they just want to get get you know maybe set the tone for the pod as well. Um, Sandeep, welcome back. Yeah,
6: no. speak to the panel. Um, me, I'm kind a positive person, so um. I, I think we'll win our next three in a row because um, I, I think Klopp will get the system right. I think I think this is more systemic rather than personnel now. Um, and for the negative, I don't think Milner should ever play for us again. Um, that's me probably being a bit um, fed up with seeing him what he's producing on the pitch. Um, he may do stuff in training and stuff like that. Uh, Klopp may see something, but I, th- I think we now need to put him to Pastures new or put him on the bench or. Um, in case of emergency, take him out. But yeah, um, when once he came on the of the game completely changed. I thought the second half we started it really well. Um, bringing Bobby on, um, and he looked more of a four-two-three-one. Um, but yeah, what, what did the panel think? I, th- I think I think it is more systemic, and I think I think club needs to get the system right, right, and then put his pieces correct. Um, yeah, that's that's what I thought of the game. Um, I expected a draw anyway because it's Everton. Um, but yeah, um hopefully against Wolves we can get our get our mojo back and get some goals in.
4: Hopefully, hopefully. Um I really, really do love the positivity and uh, yeah, I mean I'm just gonna quickly just say something on, on James Milner real quick. You know, 36-year-old, right? And the way Klopp is using him, he's rinsing him out for every little bit of performance that he can. And it just kind of makes me laugh. And I just have like the most weirdest analogy. It's like, you know, when you come to the end of your washing up liquid and uh, you kind of want to get it out, so you add a bit of water to it and it just dilutes it and makes it completely crap and ineffective. That's yeah. what it looks like to me with the whole James Milner thing. Uh, just don't do it. You know, when when you've reached it, just uh, allow it. And, we'll, of course, we're going to talk about the subs and, you know, the impact or the negative impact that had. But thank you so much, Sandeep. I you am look. going to... I'm going to go to my panel now, and we're going to discuss your 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 thoughts on the uh, on the the system, and can we get it right? And um, thank you for bringing the positivity that Liverpool might win the three games.
6: Yeah, <laughs> no, no worries. Thank you, guys. Cheers.
4: No, thank you, thank you. Okay, so that was that was Sandeep and. Carla, I'm going to come to you because in the first half, of course, you know, we're all watching and, um, uh, you know, we're analysing. It's a new look kind of midfield as well. You know, the most senior player is um, is Fab in the midfield. And you're kind of looking at it and you're thinking, hmm, um, there's no senior player. He's not going to have an awful lot of cover in terms of screening with him. Uh, Two very young, you know young players young players bring a lot of inexperience a lot of excitement as well but you know there is a lot of inexperience um you know a lack of maturity sometimes and you know it did look like it wasn't quite working and I'm just you know and, and I think you've touched on this as well like you know it just felt like don't get me wrong you know the the, the creative play on the right hand side was certainly working because I think them three already have that natural chemistry but for me I, I felt like the left hand side looked very very kind of suffocated in the first half. So. You know, in, in terms of a system, that wasn't quite working. Maybe it was because Shimikas got thrown in. Maybe there was just too much newness on the left-hand side for Diaz to kind of really, really kind of impose himself. But um, uh, do you think we can work on this as a system? Do you think this is what Klopp is going to be drilling in at now? Because like, I think personally, when the likes of... I think today was more of a makeshift kind of thing, if I'm being honest.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that the focus really has to go on the the two triangles, the the triangle on the left and the triangle on the right. And I think when Liverpool are clicking and and doing well, those triangles are, are so key and Mm-hmm. I think to, to kind of look at them both today, you know, as you said, that the left didn't really work in the, the first half. I, I think Carvalho was maybe overthinking playing in midfield somewhat. He was he was quite deep, a lot deeper than than you would have wanted him to be. Um I think as well kind of Everton kind of got numbers on that side and at, at times Simikas and Diaz were just running into to traffic. And then over on the right hand side, you know, it looked really promising in the opening five minutes you know the the three of them were linking up so well but then suddenly in the the second 5 minutes it, it i think each of them gave the ball away sloppily and unfortunately Trent kind of carried on that trend from from there on out you know it certainly wasn't his his best game uh, possessionally at, at all and Salah as I think I said at half time it, it, you know I I was hoping Salah would stop trying to have a conversation with the corner flag cuz you know, he was very, very wide and that's not where we need him to be. We mm-hmm. need him to be closer to, to the striker and where he can cause damage. And I, I think that's where we we, we really failed was with, with both of those triangles and that first half because it, it just didn't click in, in the way we needed to click.
4: Absolutely. And Shree, I'm going to come to you as well. I mean, let's talk about uh, the, the initial question by Sandeep about, you know, um uh, in, in terms of system, them can club get it right but you know just um I want to get your thoughts in terms of what I've said what what carla has said there as well because again you you kind of touched on more Salah there as well and um you know he should you know do we I don't know like even when it came to the triangles I also found that sometimes he wasn't the one that was probably the most progressive he's probably the one that was probably isolated most wide and again just to kind of back up what Carl had on his notes that why is Mosler having a conversation with the corner flag but even in terms of those triangles being nice, maybe something needs to change up where Mo is, maybe being a bit more of a of a potent um, figure in, in terms of attack.
5: Yeah, uh, so multiple things. Obviously, Sandeep is positive enough to assume we win three in a row. But pragmatically, with this functioning or dysfunctional midfield, the only way we win three in a row is if we play ourselves. There is no other way... We- this midfield can function. But coming to the triangles, I think there was at half-time, there was a, a pitch map for Salah. He had 17 touches. Like almost nine were on the line. And thankfully, there is a line. Otherwise, he would be in the stand. I, he, he can just keep going. As See, the point is there are two ways. You get Salah involved. Or if you're sacrificing Salah, you need to offset it by something else. Like if, if the tactic is indeed that Salah stays wide, you have to offset it. Say you have runners from the midfield, which we don't have. You want trend to overlap, which is not happening. So I, I don't see if, if the off, if the sacrificial element of Salah staying wide is not functioning. Go back to plan A because you don't want Salah to be taking on three people at a time. That is not what you want. Yeah, he will go. We have seen him score where Watford, where City La. he had bangers continuously. But... You don't want to take the chance, right? You, you are not going to bank on him saying always meet three men and get into the box and curve the ball to the far post. That's that's not happening every game. So I I, I don't see what is the plan. If the plan is for Salah to stay wide, what are we compensating it with? We have no mid- midfield runners. The left triangle I, I, I have no idea what we are doing. One game Henderson is in the box, some game Milner is in the box. This game Fabio doesn't advance at all. So I have no idea we had a very set patterns how the midfield triangle operated and that is why i'm saying you can sign a lot of people you can change personnel but after 5 6 games this is clearly not a personal issue yeah the problem becomes bigger or smaller depending on who plays but fortunately or unfortunately the problem is the same and it is fixable but we have not figured out or not wanting to fix we are maybe bullheaded in thinking this is how we will play. And it's it's also, I think, one of the things is, uh, how do I put it? It's it's a mismatch. We want to stick to our pattern of play. But we also need to accommodate strengths of Nunes. Someone like Nunes. So, we need to also get it to Salah to maybe get it aerial. We try to do the aerial ball from deep. But that is not our set patterns of play. So, we I think we are trying a lot of things and none of it seems to be working. I think that is what it looks like. There is no cohesion. There is no intensity. But I think there is no... I, I would say the key thing I would... Express, there is no identity. There is no clear way of how we are playing. There is. It's just... It almost seems like just go and do what you want. I'm quite sure it's easy for us to sit here and say that is how it seems. But it, it literally seems like that because no, the problems are the same but it is coming out in different ways in the midfield. And it's absolutely dysfunctional what we are trying to do.
4: You know, I'm listening to Sheree there, Carl, And, you know, we always... There's always that... Um, that chat isn't there when people talk about football like ooh um that team's been figured out and at the moment it looks like we haven't figured ourselves out because i don't know about you but when i'm watching this this liverpool team this season like a lot of it does seem very unrecognizable like there was always a certain way that liverpool attacked you know, there was always a certain set up and, you know, there was always a certain like runner play that you were accustomed to or what you kind of expected of players. And I feel like that I've kind of lost that a little when I'm watching them. Um, it's just like, oh, gosh, what's what's going to happen here? And, you know, could, and could it be because um, I mean, do, I mean, we're, we're speaking about Salah then, and like hugging the corner. And of course, that is a, a stylistic um, that is a tactical thing or, you know, a, a system thing. But it, does it just, I mean, I want to get your thoughts in terms of like, do you think that maybe like just so much newness in there might be a problem as well? Newness, not newness, newness.
1: Yeah, I, I think both yourself and Sri really hit the nail on the head. I, I think this came really kind of. Summed up our whole season so far in that you know we it's an identity crisis we, we don't know how to play we keep trying different things each game there's different personnel of course and and that isn't helped by the injuries, um but I think it really stems back to the preseason and you know th- I think Klopp touched on it himself at a point like this was a shorter preseason than we were used to and we knew with the addition of of Nunes and the departure of mané in the summer that that was going to lead to a change in approach a change in style and i'm just not sure we had the time in in pre-season that we would have wanted to implement that and therefore we're having to try and implement that now and then nunez goes and gets a red card against fulham which means he's missing for three games and we don't have those three games to to kind of you know work on it with him um obviously Bobby came in and, and did brilliantly, you know, in, in the last two games. But all the same, we wanted to have Nunes there so we could work on the system, so we could get it right. And it, it, it's just between the injuries, between, you know, Nunes' the suspension, between the shortened preseason, we just haven't had the time to to get it right, to, to click yet. And, you know, now we're at a point where we have four more games before the international break and I, I think that needs to be our focus. We need to, obviously we need to pick up some results as well, but we need to get our identity nailed down and then, you know, we can put this, you know, behind us as maybe just a the rocky start of the season and then we can get a bit of flow going.
4: Absolutely, absolutely. Let's hope, you know, things think, things click in. I mean, Shvi, I'm gonna come back to you because um, you know, we're, we're talking about the disjointed attack and obviously, you know, the midfield um obviously um is, is probably the, the biggest concern with, with all the injuries and, and such things. And obviously today was a little bit of newness, um, newness, um, uh, freshness in, in, in that midfield. And it was probably the midfield that most people wanted as well. So you knew that, you know, it was going to be, Maybe a little bit somewhat lack of control. I mean, what, what did you make of a, uh, of, of the, the midfield set up in the first half? Because, you know, you know, we kind of noticed little things that, you know, if Everton really got on the front foot, it was kind of of our own doing. Like I've got something down here at seven minutes where, um, I think Elliot plays like a bit of a dodgy pass to Fab that kind of starts off, um, a counter, um, uh, you know, that starts off like a, you know, an attack for Everton and things. And, um, and I think, you know, it was, um, It's just one of those things where you are kind of looking at the midfield and you're thinking oh gosh you know um, we only have one senior player in there and maybe those things that you're going you know you're going to have to expect and uh, you know anticipate but what did you make of the midfield and only having maybe one senior player in there because we wanted it and we asked for it but obviously there were two very very youngsters alongside him
5: Correct see you also need to keep in mind about the fact that it's a derby you're not going to have a flow in the game it's going to be stop start most likely, it's, there is going to be time-wasting. There is going to be unnecessary fouls. You're not going to have consistent ball retainment. The game is not going to flow at all. So, it's it's always key that we try to do the best we can in the phases of play where the game goes on. So, to keep that in mind. But I I, I don't know whether it's it's also... I think with this kinds of evolution, we also need the players who play well to consistently play well. And we I think we also have form issues. and not, Midfield has... Uh, Kind of, you could say, an identity or a tactical, however we want to call it. But we have players uh, who who are also the part of our f- huge identity. Nina and I think all of us would agree is also the how our fullbacks function. And we have had clear drop off in form from both Trent and Robo. Robo is more prominent, but Trent like literally has been awful for the last couple of games. I have no idea what's happening there. Maybe again, I don't know whether it's again a system issue with him. He he's neither here nor there. And which we have been used to before. but we, Because if you see last season, it was clear when Elliot used to play. Mo goes wide. Uh, uh, Trent used to come infield. Now I'm not sure he does that either. He doesn't go wide either. He's not attacking. He's not defending. He's some. If you see, most times he's caught somewhere in the middle. And he's, he seems flat-footed. I don't know. No idea. But it's, it's a feeling what you get from outside. I think it's also an issue that the full-backs are not functioning because our midfield has always been not like creative expensive. It's a creative expansive it's it's a functional midfield mm. so the midfield doesn't function the creative areas are out wide which are not functioning we have players off form virgil is nowhere near the best he can be we have his yeah. partner his preferred partners are obviously last season was multiple and konate we don't have either so there are multiple problems in personal in defense or form personal or form in defense and you have systemic issues down the middle. I don't know. You, you can't get the ball to attack. If you see, you can always say Mo could do. But we don't get the ball enough to the attackers at all. So, you can only do... We literally needed Bobby to come in and play kind of a uh, kind of a hybrid uh, 10 and an 8 role to literally get the ball to the attackers. That is what we needed. We needed a connector in, to come into the game and start actually involving, involving the players who are up front. I think... There are multiple problems in terms of farm and system here.
4: Yeah, and uh, I'm going to come back to Carl. Carl, you kind of touched on you know having a short preseason, and of course, it might just you know be more um, detrimental to Liverpool given the fact that they 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 played every competitive game possible last season, and obviously the impact on the legs, um, you know, and. Shree just touched on something about Trent there, and I remember my post-match show um, against Manchester United. Yes, I, I yeah, I, I, had to cover that with um, our good friend Justin, and Justin made an observation about Trent, and um, he just basically said on the pod, if anyone who hasn't heard, and um, that Trent, um, it looks like you know maybe all that muscle gain has kind of slowed him down a little, because one thing that you knew about Trent was that he was pacey.
1: He's quick. Yeah, I I can't really say I've I've noticed that so much this season. And maybe that's just simply because they have been focused on on Trent's um, it on the ball rather than his his movement off it. Um, but there, there's certainly something wrong there. And I, I mean, it's not it's not the first time Trent has had a, a slump. You know, I, I remember um. Kind of in the the aftermath of him having COVID, um, he was very much off it, and and people were joking on Discord and Twitter about him being space jammed, as we like to say. Um <laughs> yes. he, he eventually got back there and and back to yeah. his best, and obviously we're we're holding our hope. That's just just what it is. Again, just just you know he's having a bit of a slump, and you know every player has them once in a while, and he'll he'll get over it. Um, but. I think well, Trent is probably the you know most striking example of it. Uh, I think it's it's he's not the only one who hasn't quite woken up so far this season. I think Shree kind of pointed to, to Van Dyke, and I think that's another great example. And uh, again, for me, it you know I I you I go back to the preseason, and you know you mentioned how many games we played last season, Nina, and I think when people got to the summer, you know you're gonna. You know, your mindset is going to be, right, you know, I finally get a chance to relax and, you know, you get into that mode and then suddenly you're in and it's just short preseason, and you just don't quite get a chance to get that out of your system. So I just feel like in a in mental sense, some of our players just aren't quite back there. And that can happen, you know, a lot of people in the past I've seen have said with, with any team, not just Liverpool, that, you know, kind of the, the games up to the first international break, you don't expect players to be quite there. They're just kind of getting into their rhythm, and it just seems to be a lot of our players are, are in that that state so far this season, and then it's it's quite striking as a result. But I, I just hope the likes of Trent and and Van Dijk and uh, Stala, although as we've we've touched on the tactics, certainly aren't helping them. Can can just find themselves again and, and get going. Absolutely, um,
4: I've. Just keeping an eye on, on the Discord chat here, and um, I believe we have another caller um, who was at the game, so our, our pitch side reporter is joining us. It's Harinder. Baji. welcome to the show.
7: Hello. We've had better
0: days.
7: Uh, do you know what? I wish I was calling in better times, though, because most of the time when we go to Goodison away, it's a shit one. As our absolute shit show in regards to a performance or anything like that. Case in point being under, Allard, I think it was like 15, 16, 16, 17, I think they had Allardyce as manager and it was a shit nil-nil or a one or something really stupid like that. Following season, similar. Um, following season after that, similar. So, you know, boring 0 nil in the 18-19 season. All we wanted was the win. Desperate for the win, and we didn't get the win. Today, up until the 40th minute, I, I kid you not, it was about five minutes to go in the second, in the first half, and something I thought to myself was, "You know, what? our front three haven't been very effective today. I wonder where they are." Case in point, Darwin Nunes hits the bar, Lewis Diaz hits the bar. You like going, "Was it hit to the post?" You like going, Fuck's sake. and that kind of epitomised our day today. Yeah, if it wasn't for Pickford, if it wasn't for us doing our own stupidity um, in certain places and giving the ball to Everton. It was just so frustrating, you know, to watch. Um, especially in the second half, like whereby we created chances, what seemed to appear that we created chances, and Pickford kept on saving them. And you're like going, For fuck's sake, you're supposed to be absolutely dog shit. And I remember Carl's words from um, the preview show that he did with Guy Drinkle, where he was saying that Alex Iwobi, and Pickford were having the form of their life. They did today. Again. Bastards. yeah, you know, So my question to the panel is this is Are we a team who are learning a new way? Because it seems that we, we are, contrary to like what's been said, there is a pattern of play, i.e. that they keep on going wide, they keep, and that pattern of play is being recognized by opposition. But they are also realizing that when they want to mix it up, they're going back to their foreign attack kind of mode and carving people apart. And one thing I did see today was that you could see it with the introduction of Femino. Yeah, they were much more dynamic. There's a bit more movement going on up until Diaz tired. Up until Diaz tired. So you watch until about the 80th, 83rd minute or so, and then you're like, okay, Diaz just looked so, so tired. So tired. So I actually thought that it wouldn't be um, Nunes going up. I thought it would be Diaz when Jota came on. Because Diaz was was, was tired. Yeah. So yeah, that's my question to the panel. Do you think we're just trying to find an learn that new way that people are expecting and it's like learning on the job you know we haven't got the time to do it in any other kind of way or form or do you genuinely think that you know what we're lost we're we're adrift oh my god what are we gonna do
4: really really good question Paji and before I let you go I mean uh, I guess obviously when you're at the stadium, you, you get a different perspective of the game to obviously watching it on TV. Um, I just want to kind of get your thoughts on, um, you know, um, how was it watching it live?
7: How was it watching yeah. it live? You've never done Goodison away, have you? It's fucking yeah. shit. Do you remember yeah,
4: the you old main stand? Is, this is, this, this, this yeah.
7: is what. Woodison is shit. It is a fucking wooden wreck of a a relic of a place to go to. Um, There's wooden benches with wooden fold down seats for the away fans. They are caught between pillars and posts. So it's a bit, I said, it's a bit like the old main stand where you had the pillars in the way. Um, It's only slightly better than um, Crystal Palace away. Only slightly better in the fact that there's not as many pillars in the way. To obscure your view. But the problem is the gradient is so shit that once somebody's in front of you, that unless you've actually got a vista between two bold heads, you ain't going to see shit. So I had a.
4: Absolutely up for me. I'm sh-
7: yeah, it's a shit show when it comes to being in a way day because you can't really see very much. You can't focus on the whole pitch. You've got, you see sections of the game as it kind of splits and goes by you. The most frustrating part of that is for the first half where not a lot happened other than the last five minutes or so. You don't get to see the build-up properly in respect to, you know, like um, the Nunes shot, as well as the Luis Diaz one. You kind of get to see bits of it. Second Mm. half, you get to see a lot, because it's in front of you.
4: Cool. Right, Harinda? I'm going to come to the panel. Um, uh, I'll come to three first three. Harinda's question um uh oh, Shri, are we learning Shri, on the welcome, welcome to the UK
5: <laughs> Hi buddy. But I was going to say you didn't miss much anyway. If you couldn't see anything, you didn't miss much. And there was no build up on all it it, it just happened randomly. So you didn't miss at all. Yeah. Well,
4: let exactly. me just mute somebody. Somebody has. not. I tell you, you know, live podcasting—the joys of it—they got muted. We're all good now. Um, Sheree we? Um, uh, yeah. If you could um, uh, answer Harinda's question on—are uh, we learning on the job, or is—is is this Liverpool basically? Uh, I hate to say it, but throwing shit at a wall and hoping it'll.
5: I to be honest, I don't know Nina, that is the answer. Because if you are learning on the job, I don't know what we are trying to do to know what we are learning. Because I that's what I said. I have no idea what we are trying to do. And it's also going to be interesting. You had Nunes come in who's basically way different to our standard patterns. Now you have Jota coming in who's not had a pre season at all. So if if you are trying something else, he's obviously not been involved. Maybe theoretically he's involved, but he's not been on the pitch to get involved in the tactics. So it's, it's it's also going to be interesting how we are going to integrate him or maybe with Jota coming in. If you see, when Bobby comes in, it almost seems like status quo. We go back to status quo. Things seem to click somewhat or the other. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe it could be the same. So, I think it's somewhere between both. Like, trying something and hope it works but also trying to learn on the job. The only thing is, I hope we know what we are trying to learn.
4: I think that's a fair assessment because obviously, again, the sample size is very, very small. We are in the early stages of the season. Carl, I'm going to come to you because I think, you know, it's, it's a very interesting one because for me, it kind of feels like we are having to play this way because I, like Shrie just said, as soon as Bobby comes in, we kind of look like we're playing the old way again in terms of how we're linking up in an attack. And I think a lot of this, what we're seeing right now is, um, you know, um, when Thiago comes back, I think things change up. When we get some of those players back, I don't know what's happening with Kata, but when we get those kind of players back, I think we may, we might revert back. I think we, potentially, we could be playing this way because of the personnel.
1: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's difficult to put your finger on. I mean, it, there's certainly some patterns you know as, as we said it's not a pattern we like but uh that have been pushed out wide is, is has certainly been a pattern so far this season Um, but it, it's hard to say I, I do think there definitely is an approach to, to finding a new way to play but because people haven't been unavailable there's been constant chop and change in the middle of the park and also as Sri mentioned we haven't had Jada available and I think in the pre-season um dave was talking a lot about how he could see us playing a, a 4-2-4 a lot this season but you know with with jada and nunez up, up front and, and mo and diaz wide and you know we we haven't been able to try that because jada has been out since pre-season and but maybe mo being kind of wider is is kind of a, a stepping stone towards that it, it you know, it's, it's tricky to, to say because we, we haven't seen what Klopp's going to do when he has all those puzzle pieces available to him. And hopefully we'll, we'll see that over the next few games. Obviously, Thiago's back in training on Monday and he's been a, a key miss. And obviously, we, we saw Jota get back on the pitch and we saw Mata back on the pitch, which were some of the few positives we, we can take from, from today. So maybe we'll, we'll get a better idea of what the plan is uh, as... The games go on, but at the moment, obviously, we're we're seeing signs of change, but we're not seeing positive change, and it's it's just it's tricky um to, to to really kind of nail down what Klopp's trying to do because, as I said, he just doesn't have those players available to him at the moment.
4: Yeah, I mean, Carl Matches just tweeted a heat map of Mo Salah If anyone wants to go and follow Carl Matche, it's at Carl Matche. It is a uh, uh, pretty grim um i've just retweeted it on my, on my timeline as well um yeah
5: is he showing the crowd <laughs> Yeah,
4: that's yeah. where he was yeah cheerleading um right okay so that was her in question um uh, we are gonna go to our next caller we're quite busy and uh, i believe our next caller who is also a panelist on the nina Carls show um wants to talk tactics and um uh he doesn't need an introduction. It's it's Justin. Justin, welcome.
8: Hi, Nina. How are you?
4: Oh, don't ask. do I
8: know. Free peril. Thank you. For did. You team do this.
4: You did warn me that this is going to be a very ugly game. and I think we all anticipated it, but a lot of it was yeah, our own making.
8: Never, no goodness, but all of our problems are right now self-inflicted. And this is specifically the question I want to ask to get to, right? If we're talking tactics. One of the things that we should really speak about is what what's the role that Trent Alexander-Arnold is being asked to do? And why is he being asked to do so much, especially without a controlling midfielder who can help set tempo? Because one thing Trent doesn't do with his passing to the right back is set tempo, because he's not supposed to. He's supposed to be attacking. But the question really is going to be around how he's being used. It seems like we're making him do three jobs. And those three jobs seem to happen in isolation from anybody else on his side of the pitch. So I'm wondering if the panel thinks that we are just simply asking too much of Prince Alexander Arnold, despite how good he is.
4: What do you think would improve that, Justine? Like, do do you think it's personnel? Do you think it's the players that he's playing with? Do you think think I think I think part of it gets
8: fixed when you integrate at tiago or at arthur mm-hmm. because yeah. if you have the ability to control tempo from the center you can free players down your wings and you can shift and make switches from other areas than going wing to wing because if you look at how we switch play right now it's all long switches from the right back left back or verge on diagonals which you know that's a, t- it's a low percentage pass and it doesn't it doesn't necessarily pull teams out of their shape unless you're finding them in some form of transition. Right, We can still cut through teams in transition when we create an opportunity today doing that, being very direct. But what we can't do is when the other team is set, have someone, uh, you know, men of Trent's passing is breaking anybody's line. Right, We're not doing anything between the lines. We have one player there, but we probably need two. And that's what these tactics probably need. But it's still, without a controlling midfielder, Trent probably should be delivering from deeper places where he actually has time and space to pick something rather than just forcing everything.
4: I mean, Carl, I'm going to come to you. I mean, how do we fix this right now with what we've got? I mean, of course, you know, Justin has just kind of touched on the fact that, you know, maybe when when somebody like Tiago comes in and, you know, that gives us a different kind of option in terms of the right-hand side, in terms of what's happening, the defensive work, the kind of balls and the input that's going to be put into for our front men and also the defensive work as well in terms of uh, cover. But, I mean, for me, I feel like, I don't know. Like it, it feels very much like banging your head against a brick wall in terms of, well, this is what we've got right now. And um do, I mean, do you agree with Justin's points about you know Trent maybe being asked a little bit too much to do? A lot of you know, not only is his defensive work, in, you know, he's having to put more into his defensive work. Whether you think it's good or bad, that that's up to you, and you can decide that. But maybe it is lacking because he's doing so much elsewhere as well.
1: Yeah, I mean, firstly, I have to say, having, you know, it's, it's been such a weird show when you have Harinder call in and not be screaming down the mic and calling half the opposition cunts, and then you have Justin call again and, and not being positive, I think that kind of sums up how the game went. Um, but to answer Justin's question, I, I think he, he's made a great point there. It, it does feel like Trent has been done asked to do a lot. And I do think he is trying to force it at times as a result, and it's not paying off for him. And I think I saw someone on the Discord during the game say that, you know, Trent needs to go back to, to basics. And it, it does feel like that, you know, he needs to get back to playing the way that he's comfortable playing. And I think, you know, we're you know again, it feels like I'm a, I'm a broken record here, but to talk about Salah being so wide, because Salah's out so wide, that's kind of... Meaning that Trent can't get out there where he usually does, and he puts in so many dangerous crosses. Like it's, uh, I think that the change in where Salah's positioned is is changing where Trent is positioned, and it it's just been difficult for both of them to adjust. And I think we need to get back to what they're 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 both comfortable with. And in terms of answering how we. Address that, you know, J- Justin, as he said, you know, we need to get Tiago or Arthur on the pitch, and obviously Tiago won't be ready for Napoli. So, you know, Klopp gambled a couple of times today and, and, you know, with mixed results. So he needs to gamble again. He needs to throw Arthur in there. And I mean, Arthur, you know, he's been playing in Italy for two years. He's used to playing against Italian sides. I don't think Napoli is going to be a, a new experience for him. So I think we need to get him in there on that left side, which would give us more control in, in midfield and, and let Trent and Sala get back to, to playing the way they played last season and, you know, the, the way they're both comfortable with.
8: You want, to, you want to know something what it is right now we're attacking without a platform that's basically what a lot of this boils down to it's attacking without a platform
4: I don't I don't think you're wrong for a second um uh, I I don't Justin um I'm gonna to come to Sharif. see if Sh- Cherie, you've heard what Carl said you know the question that Justin wants to know what what do you make of him um, maybe um uh, Trent being asked too much to do, which means obviously that has a an Im- implication on what Salah's doing as well. Maybe it's a domino effect, and maybe that those dominoes stop sort of falling down once you get that player in, be it Arthur, um, Melo or, or of course um, uh, Thiago coming back. Do you think it is? Um, I mean, I want to get your thoughts on on the whole uh, Trent scenario and situation because I feel like he's one of those players that always gets um. A lot of flack. And um, when like like Carl's just said, we're maybe not getting the best out of him.
5: Yeah, I I, I think... I don't know. Maybe I'm keeping it too simplistic. But uh, if you see last season, the first few games, the biggest bright spot was the triangle between, say, Trent, Elliot, and Salah, right? Because you had the Salah-Trent overlap. Now, I'm assuming that is still the plan because this is meant to be constant evolution. So, I, Assuming it's also about getting Trent into more dangerous areas because they know our strengths are out wide, maybe trying to overload the center. I'm assuming that is still the plan. So this is the basic because I, as maybe Justin also alluded to, I clearly don't know what is the plan, but I'm assuming that is the plan. Now, one of the things I don't know, uh, the other impact of controller is because, like, unless it is like we, we keep passing in terms of in our own half, we are not, passing it well enough in terms that there's no guarantee we're going to keep the ball enough. I think that's where one in terms of Thiago, one is in terms of control, but we are not going to lose the ball. If you see most times what's happening with Trent is he's usually at the positions where he's prepared to go infield, but he's caught there. I don't know whether there are instructions. He's not moving into those channels. But if you see, most times when the ball gets turned over, he's somewhere near the half line. And some, I don't know what it is, but I think his constant sprint recovery has gone down because it's, he seems to be easy. See, he was not the greatest, you could say, tactically, maybe he's asked to do, but his pace was his biggest point. He, he could cover it in terms of getting recovered. And I think it's just that he's getting shown up more. I uh, So I think the plan of staying Salah wide, if the plan is that Trent gets into more dangerous areas, that doesn't seem to be working. He's not there in enough positions. His passing is clearly. Clearly, down his passing is no longer as accurate because he, see his his passing is the trump card because he he can create threat out of nowhere from half line he can create the threat the threat is not there we are not using him well I think I, I think it's not, I don't know whether it's about what we are asking to do to make him do I think whatever we are doing I don't think it's it's a problem with Salah also I don't think we are using their strengths. And that is a problem. It's, it's almost like weakening two players for the sake of uh, evolution. I don't know if that is indeed what we're doing. I'm basing all of this in the fact that that is the evolutionary plan we are thinking of getting him into more dangerous areas. But I'm not going to sacrifice Salah and I'm not going to sacrifice Trent if this is how it's going to work.
4: I think many people would not disagree with you there. I mean, that was the one and another thing that I absolutely loved about Trent as well was the fact that you know he, like you said, his passing has been off, and he could pass his way out of trouble if needs be, and if if pressure came on, he does the switch of play that he could sort of you know ping the ball across to Robbo just to take the pressure off the right hand side, get back into position, do things, you know, things like that. I feel like we're, we're lacking that, and it, we 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 kind of have lost that kind of ability to stretch out the opposition, which created space for our footmen.
5: If I could add in, Nina, it, it almost seems like if you if you see our pre-season games used to be really slow because they would come off training session, it almost feels like that the players are coming off a, train, a training session. Because for 30 minutes, literally most games, leave out Bournemouth, it's an indictment of how poor Bournemouth are. We, we yes. literally don't seem to start games at all. It's almost like people are like starting the games fatigued, and we are recovering during the games. I, I, I have no idea. There is, it's almost like energy meter has been turned off to zero when the game starts, and it's not one off. It's almost irrespective of the kick off Saturday, Sunday, Monday, whenever we play, it seems to be that.
4: I completely agree, and Carl, I'm going to come to you. I mean, we're just going to quickly finish off the first half, and it's a point that both Justin and Harinda made. Uh, You know, there were no kind of bright spots in terms of attack. There might have been flashes here and there. And the only thing that really stood out for me was, of course, you know, the Nunes uh, shot, um, you know, saved. It got saved by Pickford. He kind of pushes it over to the crossbar. And then Diaz on on the left-hand side um, takes a shot and rattles the woodwork to... Um, uh, you know that was a bit of a wild moment for our attack and what th- what those guys can do on either side but in terms of attack there wasn't an awful lot happening in my opinion and um yes i want to get your thoughts that was probably my bright spot of the first half
1: yeah i mean it was the, the first time where we really came alive um you know earlier on it, it did seem kind of uh, with Nunes, you know, a couple of headers he got underneath and it just wasn't quite working for him. But he, he's always got that that striker instinct there. And I think we, we saw that with that shot and how he managed to to kind of get it under control and get that shot away. And it was a great save by Pickford to, to tip it over. And then Diaz, you know, it's it's almost become like a, a trademark from where he just makes these quick dinks inside and, and, and gets a shot, lashes a shot away, And fortunately, he hits the post. But... You know, as you said, that was really the only chances we we created of Node. and I I, I think that's been the the issue for us it's this season so far. In, in that, you know, I've seen a lot of fans every weekend that are b- bemoaning Erling Haaland and saying what a machine he is, and and that, and that. But I'm not jealous of City's goals because I know we have the players that can score I and mean, given the chance, we've seen Diaz score goals here, we've, we've seen Nunes, we've seen Carvalho, but we're not really giving them enough good chances to to score goals and and that, that all stems back to, to the lack of, of uh, uh, creativity and, and that lack of a platform as as justin put it well.
4: And Shree, I'm gonna to come to you. I mean what did you make of um, the bluntness of our attack and in our first half. And obviously for me, that was the most notable chance. I mean, it's also worth noting that Everton scared us a fair bit as well. You know, uh, Davis hit the woodwork. Um, and of course, you know, the ball was like sort of dancing in the middle of, of our pen, you know, of our box and, uh, Trent clears it away. But, you know, there, there were some scares. I think that was around about 31 minutes, but you know, for me, the bright spot for Liverpool was, um, of course, the, you know, the, the, the double, the double shot by, the- uh, Nunez, yeah, by Nunes and Diaz. Yeah.
5: I, th- I I think the difficulty was you could not even say that when those chances came that those chances were coming because we were nowhere in the game. It it, it was almost like a random spot. Spot. I I I think obviously I think a lot of people would have felt that 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 shot literally came out of nowhere. It's basically Torres versus Blackburn, right? Almost just that the swivel wasn't that much, but it's practically that shot. Great save again. Uh, two two shots on you could say on the bar and the post. But it's not like we were dominating and the chances were coming in. And I think that is the more worrying part. There was no way where we are saying... You could not even say we were building into the game because it happened then again. It died down not much threat. I think we kept a lot of the ball, but without doing much with it. Um, Maybe it's an abstract company. It almost felt like watching early Brendan under Swansea. Almost like we had the ball too much in non-dangerous areas. And when we got it into dangerous area, we literally kept turning the ball over. So I, I have no. I think the first half was really bad to watch. I would, I would. That's what I would say. Other than the two chances, but I didn't say thought that they were actually going
8: to happen.
4: Right. Okay. So that was the first half. Nothing much happening in terms of attack. I think something that was probably game defining to some, well, to to a massive degree, was of course, um, uh, you know, around about thirty seven minutes, uh, the the clash of knees between Onana and Cavaliere. Um, uh, of course, um, at second, um, uh, you know, um, he looked a bit shaky after that. You know, you could tell he was having he was having some kind of knock. And um, of course, Jurgen Klopp makes the sub at half time. Uh, before I get to half time I've got another quick question from Sandeep I will come to Shree first on this one question for the panel do we think um we fly post world cup as many of our players ain't going to the world cup um, uh, what what do you make of that Shree I, you- I
5: I I think as far as I know we are going to Middle East because they want to be in the same time zone I think I heard I read this somewhere I think they want to be in the same time zone and also as players get eliminated they can quickly come back into the squad. That's what I read. So I believe we are going to be somewhere in the Middle East. That
4: makes uh, yeah, it's, um, going,
5: it's going to be a summer training camp, I believe. Something of that sort of players who are not going. I don't know if this is true, but I recollect reading this somewhere.
4: Makes sense, doesn't it? It does definitely make sense. And I like the fact that, you know, local are actually thinking ahead and that's quite progressive thinking. Um, you know, so if players get eliminated, they can just join up with the squad really, really quickly. Um
1: same question to you, Carl. Yeah, I mean, I, I haven't heard that, but it, it it does make a lot of sense. Um, you know, hope we hope to God that uh, things aren't this bad come November. But I think certainly that there's a we've shown in in previous seasons, uh, you know, including last season, where you know we were stronger in the second half of the season. That you know. It's all still to to play for, you know what I mean. You you can find yourself, you know, seven eight points behind top of the table, and and a good run can can bring you right up there. So, you know, I, I wouldn't be in the the way of riding this season off as, as some people seem to already. Um, so whatever advantages we can give ourselves, and and you know, if we you know whatever helps us, gonna kind of hit the the reset button, you know. It, I think a, a training camp would would certainly do that.
4: Yeah, Cherise just shared the article on on in Discord. It's on the Athletic for anyone that wants to read it. Liverpool to hold a Dubai training camp during the World Cup. So yeah, um, it, it seems legitimate. Um, uh, so yeah, I'll probably be reading that, and checking that out post um, after this show as well. Right, Carl, um, I'm going to stick with you. We're going to move on to the second half. I think you know we were just like, well, it can't get any worse. But of course. Um, I talked about the sub cavallo off, Roberto Firmino on. Um, I felt that we looked quite sparky at the beginning of the second half. I felt like we were attacking with intent. It looked like maybe there was a potential change up in the formation with a four two three one as well. You know, with Nunes being the, the the kind of focal point of the attack. But I mean, what did you make of the Liverpool start at the beginning of the second half?
1: Yeah, I thought it was a. Uh... A bright start, which was positive to see. Obviously, after a, a you know kind of a bit of a damp squib of a, a first half, and um, Bobby made a massive difference. I mean, and he, he wasn't doing anything special, but he was showing for the ball. He was picking it up in midfield. He was laying it off to Thala. I think we.
4: In their players that. as well, he was pressing their players.
1: Yeah, which you know, as we said, you know, Carvalho, and, and we're not gonna knock a a young lad but you know he just didn't get involved you touched on when he got injured in the the first well a knock rather and I I think that was the one time where we kind of saw him getting involved and unfortunately it led to him getting hurt Um, but Bobby, you know, he, he was making himself a, a body in there, which was something we were, were sorely missing in, in the first half. And I, I think it, it gave us a lot of momentum. And not only was he shown in the midfield, when he was laying it off to solid and he was getting forward and getting himself in dangerous positions. And it, it kind of felt like there was a spell where it was a, a case of Bobby versus Pickford. And unfortunately, Pickford was was able to, to match him in that sense. But I, I think it really gave us a lift and maybe for the first time in the game we were hearing the liverpool fans singing and the you were feeling a bit of restlessness among the the everton fans and that's what you want to do is is unsettle them and and we we really failed to do that in the first half but it was it looked like a a bright start to the second half until unfortunately we made further changes that that uh, upset that rhythm
4: it did indeed, and Shree, what did you make of Liverpool's a more sparkier start to the second half, and Roberto Firmino coming in, and you know, just um, you know, bringing that kind of familiarity, maybe like to more salon the attack yeah. as well.
5: If you, if you see the minute Bobby came on, the first few passes was him and Mo. It's almost like we suddenly realized, oh, we can involve him in the game. It's allowed. It's not illegal. It's almost like we decided to start involving Mo. Started coming in towards the edge of the box. And it, it, it was just a give and take. I think we needed that connection between the attack and midfield. Again, as you said, some games we have the midfield so advanced beyond the attacker. Some games we have it so deep. It, it's it's either here or there. It's it, it, it's not consistent at all. So, I think we needed that connection. Obviously, we came in hot and I think we deserve to go in. I have no idea why we made that. I, I mean, I, okay. I, I Wasn't Trent taken off last game? I think he was, right? I have no idea why Robbo had to come on in 59 minutes. I mean, like, Chimikas has literally not had game ten. Why couldn't he? And it was not like he was bad either. Chimikas, I would say, was at least the top three, four players, if there were top performances. He was one of the good perform. I have no idea why we mean it. I, I can't even recollect when Klopp actually made subs in 60th minute.
4: And you know what? It's, I'm glad you touched on that because one thing I kind of noticed was the triangles on the left-hand side started significantly improving in the second half. Right, that because more... we, we had that
5: yes. connector uh, because because uh, you it was almost like bobby was like you could say a yo-yo he was attacking sometimes he was dropping he was basically we were using him as a uh, he he was a line by itself in terms of the attacking lines he was a line by himself he was just connecting the dysfunctional midfield and the non-involved attack if you could say and he he was the glue you could say and, uh, and i think we were almost Beginning to get we were dominating the game. I could say at that point if we had scored, you could say at least we deserved to go into the league because we, we were playing really well. And I I I I have no idea why we did the fullback subs. And that to both. I yeah. Robo needn't have come into the game. I don't see a reason why Robo should have come in. And that too at fifty-eight minutes. i I mean I mean you haul players in when things aren't working and I wouldn't say Shimikas was one of the players where it was not working. And I, see it's all easy to criticize Milner saying he should never play again. Klopp puts him there.
7: Mm. Why
5: is he putting Milner at right back when when he when you know he's going to take on Gordon? Why would you put him there? You cannot blame Milner. He he he's not going to say I'm not going to play right back. He's going to play wherever he's asked to play. Why are you putting him there? If if 10 minutes later, we had the brain to swap Gomez to right back. If Matip is on the bench, why don't you bring him in 59 minutes? If that is the sub you want to make, why don't you bring Matip at 59 minutes, get Gomez to right back? Why would you bring Milneran and it just should. See, and also, as we discussed beforehand, these games you are not going to have con- continuous domination. It's a stop start, it's, it's it's a momentum based game. You need to seize the momentum in for short periods. If you see, mm-hmm. it just became end to end. Game began stretching. We we absolutely turned over our domination, and it, we have already seen it. we have struggled to score even when we dominate, like Fulham, full, um, Crystal Palace. When we equalize, when we had the momentum, we already struggled. Why would you give up momentum? So I'm not going to blame Milner at all. You know what you're going to get from him. He is going to get skinned. He is going to be beaten. The worst thing you could argue was he didn't make his standard faults. I was expecting him tripping up something, someone stupid in the uh, halfway line getting a yellow. That's standard, Milner, right? Nowadays, he doesn't do that either. He, he doesn't even get path. to the player. Yeah. yeah, he doesn't even get to the player to make the foul. So, mm. That's a clear dropper. But Klopp puts him at right back. And 15 minutes later, he gets Marty Pond. Why would you not do that 15 minutes earlier? I'm, I'm, I'm seriously not understanding. I don't know. It's not an excuse to be such poor decision making. You don't put him at right back. Any you are playing someone against God, would you put him against Zaha? No. But he will. If you see Crystal Palace also with Zaha, we'll put him. We'll put him against Pacey Wingers and say he's not doing a job. So, I I, I don't know. I'm sorry for rambling on, but it, it literally changed the game.
4: Okay, so we, we, absolutely, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head. And, um, Carl, I'm going to come to you because there was massive momentum from Liverpool and I sense that, oh, maybe a goal is coming with, like you said, all the Firmino shots, you know, Nunes with, um, uh, the shot on the volley, uh, Pickford kind of saves it low. Um, you know, you sense something coming that the attack looked really, really potent. And then on the 58th minute, you know, and Chimikas was really getting into the game as well. I thought he had a, he had a, he had a decent game. He, he played well. He did what you needed of him. And in the second half, the left triangle for me started to look better. And Jurgen Klopp makes the subs and, you know, takes off, um you know, the, the two fullbacks, uh, which was absolutely madness. And, you know, the mini sub and those subs really did, for me, change the course of, of the game and um, how the, the Reds looked because we did, I I felt like that's where the um the pressure came from Everton you know like I I saw um you know I want i just talk about the subs for me in general but you know obviously we we saw you know Gordon just turn Milner inside out and just skin him all the time and there was no pace he looked really leggy um I also believe for the offside goal as well you know Milner was quite dreadful um at one point he kind of um he kind of lost the ball in the middle of the park um, against the runner play when we were having all that attack, and you know uh, Everton went on the counter, and Joe Gomez, who I thought actually had a pretty decent game, had to do you know do enough to put the man off the shot, and it was just awful. It was absolutely awful. Um, uh, yeah, it was it was Gordon, and uh, Gomez did really well to put him off, but and I think that was around about sixty-seven minutes. It, you know, it it, it was bad.
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it was a real head scratcher. I mean, with with Simakas, I, I I'd agree with you. He was one of the the better players, I thought. And I I thought when Fabinho be kind of play came that third player in that left hand triangle, it was working a lot better in in the second half for us. And the only thing I I can you know, maybe point to is a lot of people have been saying how we've been really focused on, you know, kind of the the sport science of of people's minutes and that, and, and it might have been looked at that Simicass hadn't started a game yet, so maybe you know this this model they're following or whatever suggested that that was kind of his limit for his his first start of the season. I, I don't know, but it, it it seemed an odd one to me because as I said at the the front end of the show, I I lean towards that the rest. Um, option for Robbo but why not give him the full rest you know his deputy was doing well and just leave Robbo off and, and bring Robbo back in for Napoli if, the, if that's the plan but it, it just seemed to upset the flow on that side and then as for Milner I, I just can't get my head around it I mean it's funny three mentioned you know would you play Milner against Zaha and I remember um, I think it was a couple of seasons ago Milner did start you know, at fullback against Zaha and people were absolutely tearing their head out before the game. I think early on in the game, Milner just left a foot in on Zaha, kind of said, you know, I'm, I'm not going to let you skip around me. And Zaha just kind of threw his toys out of the pram and, and played like a petulant child for the rest of the game, was completely ineffective. But the problem is these days, I don't, I don't think Milner can, keep up with people to get the chance to put the foot in on them and he, he didn't get to do that to Gordon and you know it was just such a strange. and you mentioned how well Gomez was playing and I think a big part of that was him winning a bad, a personal battle against against um, Anthony and Gordon in the first half so why not move Gomez across to that right back position and bring up on and I think that, that change if we'd seen that would have just only added to, to our momentum and, and helped us keep that pressure Wrong, but this just it, it gave Everton a, a let off on, on both sides it allowed them to target us you know at, at Milner it was just it, it was a bizarre double change and I, I just can't get my head around it I mean we were happy to see Klopp have more options today but I think with that one he, he completely got it wrong in, in the change I
4: would have to agree on that it was a it was an absolutely awful awful sub and it very really, very really disjointed and i felt so sorry for joe gomez in those moments because i felt like he was having to do an awful lot more in 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 those moments when uh you know milner came on i actually have a caller um uh, i'll bring him in uh, who wants to talk about james milner it's jc tyrone so let me just bring him in are you there
2: yeah I mean, can you hear me
4: yeah, we can hear you. Perfect timing to get you on. Uh, I believe you have a theory as to why James Milner is at Liverpool.
2: Well, Nina, uh, anybody in Discord knows I was never happy when Milner signed his extension, and the amount of people that you know—I'm not calling anybody out—but everybody said he, he can still do a, a role at Liverpool. It's the same as him and Henderson. It's the, the last two years we've known that Henderson and Milner can't do a role in a European Cup-winning team. This theory now that they almost won the European Cup last season, this you know ten minutes away from winning the league, it's nonsense. It's Milner is not fit to play top flight football, and all the people that said he was at this in, in June and July are it's it's just I can't I can't understand it. And you know blaming Clapp for extending him, or you can't blame Milner because he's gonna play he's gonna want to play, but it's just it's this unwillingness to criticize a lot of our footballers that have been playing bad, you know, it's, it's, it's becoming a habit now. It's like, it's like, you're not a Liverpool fan if you criticize footballers or something. I don't know. And, um, we, we're just seeing it. We're just seeing the ramifications of it now. I know it's the, the, the problems are all obvious. The solutions just aren't as obvious, I guess. I don't know,
8: but take it
2: away.
4: Yeah. We've kind of, uh, touched on, uh, James Milner a fair bit but yeah uh, I think a lot of people will agree with you there JC that you know he's not good enough and for me as well something that I'm going to add into this as well is I've not looked at I'm going to do this after the pod but I I think he's played an awful lot of stupid minutes this season as well for a 36 year old which probably don't help his that probably don't help his performances as well because Mm he's he's maybe a player that you bring on once every four games 10 minutes towards the end just to tighten up a game that you're winning or whatever. You don't play him like the way Jürgen Klopp has been playing him. And I think it's a hand that's been forced, but today was just absolutely recklessly stupid. Like there was no need to bring him on. Um, that's what really, really bothers me. And it, it did really, really stifle us. Um, but yeah, um, I do, I think he's too old. I don't think he's good enough. And I think he's been overplayed this season. And that's my take on James Milner.
5: So Nina, if I can add in, mm-hmm. I think th- I think it's quite clear. I don't think the plan ever was that he plays so many minutes in the Premier League. Uh, and yeah. literally, when Klopp counts eight nine minutes, irrespective of fitness, not been. Fit. I don't think his. I think the plan is always that he plays the cup games. He's used as a rotation option. He comes in to close down games. So there are two. So obviously, his hand has been forced, as you said, in terms of the number of injuries. And I think there are two aspects. As we have discussed, he can't even make the fouls now. In the sense that he's got slower, and I think the others not working well just shows him up even more. Like I think it's a uh, what do you say? It's a double effect. You could say that he's playing worse, but others playing even uh, others levels going down just shows him up more. Because he's, yeah. he, if you see, so he, he's everywhere on the pitch. He's trying to. I if you see. You, I think in, in what social media, you call this as passion merchants, if that is the term. He's everywhere. He, he's just trying to do the best. He, he's willing his body to try to do what he can. Yeah. But he, obviously, his body is not functioning, but he wants to win. I, I don't think there's any doubting on his willingness to push on Agreed. as much as he can. He's, he's trying Agreed. his best. Agreed. He's not Agreed. tactically the best. He's not fast enough, but he's trying. I don't think we have been put into this position. I, I don't think this was ever the plan. Whether we could have anticipated that this could be happening is a different discussion altogether. I think that needs a part by itself. But quite clearly, this was not the plan. But whatever said and done, I don't think even in emergency situations, you put him at right back. I think that is the only thing. He should get minutes, but not at right back. He's not, he should not be the second choice right back at all. I know Ramsey is injured, but even then, you you put Gomez in, you put someone else in. Because you are going to get exposed a lot on the wings. With him playing, he's getting to get beaten and then he's already deep. He's not going to attack. The minute he gets beaten, they are basically in the box. So, that bit I would get. Don't play him at right back, but his plan. the plan is always that he plays the cup games uh, with the kids and get them on with the kids, captains the game, sees, them, sees us through the early rounds of the cup games. I think that was always the plan.
4: Mm absolutely. And I'm going to come to you now, Carl. And uh, at 78 minutes, we see another sub from Klopp, a double sub. Elliot and Nunez come off, Jota and Matip on. Um, I think Jurgen Klopp probably realising that shit, this isn't quite working. And of course, you know, uh, moves moves James Milner into midfield, which I still don't think he was overly great. But I guess he's offering something but again I, I felt like the game was kind of bypassing him there as well but what do you, I mean I I kind of like the Jota sub I I thought I think you know he added something else to the attack I I liked his like sort of sparkiness it was great to see him getting games as well you know getting some minutes I think it's important um it makes sense that Jürgen Klopp kind of like just kind of eases him in but um what did you make of uh, the the substitutions and um, you know j- jotter there?
1: Yeah, I think kind of in the run up to those, a lot of people were. Uh angry about Milner and, and calling for him to be hooked but we, we knew he wasn't going to be hooked and I uh, suggested on Discord that, that Klopp make that very change to, to bring Matt up on for a midfielder and and push Milner on that was the, the more rational change but it, it wasn't ideal as you say because you know as Sri said when milner signed his extension i think that around that point we had midfielders fit and milner's role was very much you know i'm gonna captain the cup team the young team i'm gonna you know bring my experience there and i'm gonna come on for for 20 minutes to to see games out and you know that's a fine role for him and and he can have a, a decent effect there i think we saw it against fulham when he came on he actually played quite well and was a you know a key component us getting a a draw there um but you don't want to be bringing him on a fullback uh when he's up against speed merchants like anthony gordon who's in recent months become kind of a a talisman for for everton and you also don't want to be playing him in a two-man midfield because he's never been comfortable there It's, it's never been you know, his role, but obviously Klopp had made that mistake. He could only uh, address it so much. He's never going to hook Milner. So, you know, he he made the, the right change in, in adjusting that. And, and I think we improved for it, you know, again, towards the end, we, we maybe looked the more likely like scoring. And, and unfortunately, again, Pickford came trumps up for them. But uh, I'm just hoping that Klopp kind of, learns from that i i know his hand has been forced somewhat in in recent weeks to, to overloading milner it's, it's probably not what he had planned um but he did have alternative options there you know as as we said he could have brought on matthew straight away and, and and pushed gomez wide and you know if he needed to take elliot off you know he could throw arthur in you know is he, is he gonna be like he's a professional footballer at the end of the day. I saw some people say, oh, we can't use him today. He's only had one day of training. It's it's this and that. Like he's a professional footballer who's played at two of the world's biggest clubs. You know, I I think he can do 20 minutes or so at the end of the game. So um Klopp obviously got that wrong. And I, I think he acknowledged it somewhat with, with those changes and, and it did improve things.
4: And uh, Shree, I'll come to you. What did you make of uh, the sub and club changing things and bringing Jota on as well and taking off a uh, new Yeah,
5: I think obviously, I think what Jota has had one or two sessions and it kind of clearly showed, I think it was, it was about trying to see, again, it was one of the things where it was like you'd hope something might click because obviously with his match fitness, you're not going to expect something to happen. If it happens, it's a bonus. Obviously, I think he, that's why I think he got in Jota, and we tried to go back to some kind of a system resembling what we knew before. You had Jota, you had Firmino, you had Mo coming in. So we had, and Diaz playing in. So I think some sort of we hoped something would happen. But to be honest, I was quite sure we weren't. I don't know, maybe sound too pessimistic, but I, I know we scored at the last kick of the game last season, but uh, last game. But not like you could again say it was coming. So again, I didn't think we were going to, but it's always good to see him getting minutes because I think it's going to be very soon that we need him to start.
4: Yeah, and I think the thing that maybe Jota bought, on, maybe he was like Jürgen Klopp's this season's kind of response to like a Divock Karigi in a sense that the guy can be pretty much anonymous and he'll just back post, thank you very much. You know, like, he, he's that kind of player that will do that. And I think maybe that's what we were kind of hoping for. We, I'm going to stick with you because, obviously, um, you, you felt like, um, you know, it wasn't going to come too much. And, uh, you know, and I think, you know, round um, towards the end of the game, obviously, there were, like, six minutes of injury time. But it just felt like classic Liverpool, huff and puff in the end. Huff and puff in the end. And, you know, nothing comes of it. I think the only one that got me a little bit excited or, you know, Got me a little thingy. Was um, I think you know when Salah t- takes the ball from the right and he kind of just beats Pickford and the ball bobbles across and you know yeah. Jota yeah. just can't yeah. get it. Yep,
5: yeah. and see uh, that's what because I think it's 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 going back to that identity question because we had we have no clue what they were going to do. Uh, it just keeps changing. As we keep switching and we keep doing something else i think i think it all goes back to the identity question because if we, if there were complete domination, if, uh, if you see the title winning season or even after that you knew we even there were even when we used to get very late in extra time we would not be desperate we would build up from the back the build up the patterns would remain the same irrespective of the time we would do the same things now we have no idea what is going to do i think I would go back to the identity thing we discussed because it, it it's just flinging the dice at this stage now.
4: Identity crisis indeed. And uh, Carl, um uh, again, just to get your thoughts on, you know, towards the end, I mean, did you sense a goal might be coming? Um, you know, maybe a deja vu of uh, the Newcastle game, you know, a lot of huffing, huffing and puffing from the Reds at the end
1: yeah i mean i i don't know why but i strangely did have a feeling we were gonna get another late winner and you know when mo had that at the end i i I thought that was gonna be it um i mean we just now maybe it's it's slowly wearing off um but we we do still seem to have that air about us that you know it's it's not over till the it's over um and you know maybe the the quality to to make that sense a a reality is is somewhat lacking at the moment um but i hadn't quite given up on it and as we said like the kind of slight shift in momentum right at the end you know did give you a bit of hope but unfortunately it was false hope at the end of the day i
4: think that's fair guys i think that's fair Um. uh... I feel like we've discussed the main points of the game here. Um, I think the callers have been fantastic as well. Guys, um, this is like, obviously, the the part where you get something off your chest, something that you felt like hasn't been mentioned that you want to kind of discuss. To me, I'll come to you first on this one. Do you feel like we need to mention anyone or anything um, in, in terms of the game?
5: The only thing I would say is, or I don't know how it will turn out, but from the outside, I hope Arthur is fit enough to start because he's not played any minutes. I think this season, I do. So I have no idea how fit he is. But we need a controller in the midfield. We obviously not Thiago, but if not Thiago, he he practically plays like Thiago. Maybe not that amount of verticality. But I think we need a controller. We need to keep the ball better in more dangerous areas. Keeping the ball where it doesn't affect the opposition and everybody seems to know that they are willing to hang back. We know we will turn it around in a dangerous position and we get exposed. The big thing with Arthur is not going to give the ball away. So, I I hope he's fit enough to start. Maybe Napoli, maybe the next game. But I think we desperately need some semblance of tactical control in the midfield which we now don't seem to have at all.
4: Yeah, um, I would absolutely echo that. I I want to see him, and you know, the quicker he gets games, the, the better. Um, we we desperately need something in there. And what about you, Carl? Anything you want to get off your chest before we move on to man of the match?
1: I mean, I, I'd certainly echo what Sri said in in that. You know, I'm desperate to see Arthur start against Napoli because you know. I'm not saying it's going to work a, a miracle like that. It's going to be perfect from the offset, but we know what the alternatives are. You know, Carvalho he is in the midfielder at this stage in his career, and we know with Milner in there, it it, it just doesn't work because we we lack that control. So for me, you know, Arthur has to to come in. The other thing I'd I'd really want to see on in the, the back of this game is, uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that. Trent is going to. He's had a lot of games now, and he hasn't played himself into form. So maybe he just needs that little kick. So for that reason, i personally wouldn't be too um, disappointed or too shocked to see um, Gomez move across to right back and and not to start against Napoli in in midweek, just just to give Trent that little push and and nudge to to kind of get his get his act together and and get going.
4: Interesting. We'll see what Klopp will do against Napoli. You know, tough game away. Um, let's see what happens. But guys, we've come to the end of the the, the pod. Um, now, um, I want your man of the match out. Uh, Shree, I'll come to you first.
5: That's a tough one. I don't think there was one standout for me.
4: Mm.
5: Mm, I would say kind of, I, I would say Gomez. I thought Gomez was very good. Mm. So, kind of. i there is no clear top for See, So from what I can recollect, I would say Gomez.
4: JC Tyrone goes ref for not sending off Virgil van Dyke. I like that. Yeah, that I'm, was that was yeah, a red. That was yeah, a red. Yeah, it was it was bad, yeah. <laughs> Shout out to you, JC Tyrone. Um yeah, I, I kinda went with Joe Gomez as well. Uh just because he was asked to do a lot of things today. And I thought he handled um, you know, the 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 threat of Moape for, for most parts really quite well, if I'm absolutely honest. And then obviously dealing with them um, the shit show on the right hand side as well when the subs were made. Um what about you, uh Carl? Who would you go for? Alison's a good shout as well. He made some saves. We didn't even talk about their shots.
1: Yeah, um, I mean there wasn't many players that I'd say were good um on the day, unfortunately, which yeah. is why we're so disappointed. Um Allison obviously when he was called upon made a couple of good saves. Uh Simikas was lively. Uh Bobby obviously made a you know a big difference when he came on. Um but I think I have to stick with both of you and, and go with Joe Gomez. I, I think that's two games running where you know he's been high energy you know he's been getting into these battles with, with uh you know kind of the, the opposition and, and he's been winning them and yeah maybe at, at times is you know there's a couple of misplaced passes but I think he's had about every Liverpool player at the moment um but as I think him winning that battle for the most part against Gordon today was was key um because I think you know Everton. Everton played reasonably well today. I, I think their their fullbacks were, were um, impressive and you know their their forwards at times looked lively, but I think Gordon probably had a bit more joy last time out against us playing on the counter and I, I think Gomez kind of just put the foot in on him and, and kind of stomped that out and didn't let him get going. You know, he had his moments, but I think Gomez made it very hard for him and I think that was key because if, if not for that, you know, we might, be talking of even worse things in, in this show, so I certainly have to go with Gomez as well.
4: Yep, and um, you know the best out of the bad bunch, shall we say, Joe Gomez? Uh, you're you're the man of the match on this podcast, and for that game against Everton, right? Um, that is the end of the show. Um, a massive thank you to all our callers. Uh, a massive thank you to everyone that joined us live and uh sort of interactive and chatting away with us. We really, really appreciate it. Uh we know it went not an easy one, but we really appreciate you joining us live. Um, and of course a huge thank you to boss, and Carl. Uh one last time I got to them, I need some plugs. Three. where can people find you on social media? I think you'd ask. Like yeah,
5: it. so so I'm at Twitter obviously at Srikan Bala, but nothing to plug. I think our big field needs one more than me. <laughs> I
4: like it, I like it yeah, do give Sri a follow up uh, on Twitter. He's 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 a great follow. And Carl, what about yourself? Where can people find you on social media? And is there anything you'd like to plug?
1: Yeah, so you can follow me on Twitter at KMac of the Cop. Um, and no plugs at, at the moment. It's, it's, it's my first podcast in a while. So nothing else to plug.
4: Yeah, well, you know what? I'm sure there'll be plenty more coming for both of you guys because you are really, really excellent, excellent contributors. Love, love chatting to you both, guys. Um, yeah, do follow both of these two. For my part, for my part, um, hopefully, a euro incision should be back. Uh, hopefully, I'm talking about a win. You know, I'm happy. But yeah, euro incision should be kicking off. And um, yeah, if you're on Instagram, do check out my little videos on. Instagram, uh, you can follow me on the Nina Couser show. Um, Loads of great content here. Loads of mellow content. So do check that out on Anfield Index. Um, you know, the guys have been putting in quite a shift gags and Dave and getting on some great guests. Do check out all that content. And of course, the post-match reaction to this game as well is going to be lit. But it's a very, very busy time for the Reds and a busy time on, on Anfield Index and the podcast. So I urge you to do go and listen to them and check them out. Guys, thank you so much for listening. Um, Take care. Till next time. Up the Reds.
3: We hope you enjoyed listening to this Anfield Index show. Please be sure to subscribe to our channel so future podcasts find their way to your device automatically. There's nothing quite like fan engagement, and we'd love to know what you think of anything discussed on this show. The best way to get in touch is over on our free Discord community. and it means the world to the people who create these free shows
7: sport social podcast network